Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. So, I am, um, yesterday, I had some things happen, and I, I really think that there should be, I mean, at least a three-second rule. And my idea is that we should allow a person at least a few seconds before we honk at them when they haven't moved into the intersection in the speed that we would like them to be moving. (laughs) I do a lot of driving. I drive a lot. And yesterday I was driving like I always do. And I was at the left-hand turn lane, and I mean, I don't even think it was a millisecond of delay, and this person laid on their horn in back of me, and I was, I went from, like, having, you know, a relatively good morning to being really angry. (laughs) And so it's so interesting to me, like, and then I was angry for an extended period of time. I was so mad at this guy Uh, because, I mean, it was a millisecond. It was like it wasn't even a second that I had delayed before he laid on his horn right in back of me. And. And then he's like, and then I did this thing that I do every once in a while. I I am, I'm never one of these that I'm, I have never flipped somebody off. I don't think ever in my life. I've had dreams about it. (laughs) I'm going to get back to that in a second. But anyway, I don't flip people off ever, but I did. I was so angry at this guy that I honked back at him. Like, you are so freaking rude. And it was like, it was sort of like a road rage situation. And to be honest, it didn't have so much to do with that as it has to do with something else that I really want to talk about. But I I wanted to finish this because it sort of went on for a while. And then I was, I was being very naughty in my thoughts. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be really funny because it's a it's a mountain road. <clears throat> okay. And so wouldn't it be funny if I rode really slow and he couldn't pass me? <laughs> um, because on this road, there is no passing on this road. You cannot pass someone on this road legally. And so the only way for him to pass me would be if I pulled over and uh, I was like sitting there going, maybe I won't pull over and I will drive slowly up this hill and really bother this person. I could have messed his day up so bad. <laughs> but then did I do that? No. Me and my, my moral codes. No, I can't, can't be rude to this guy. Supposed to be a loving, kind person. Supposed to be the supposed to be's. Um... Because I choose to be, however, sometimes, and then it was, it was, it was not so ironic that somebody later in the day honked at me again. 
Oh, some days I don't get honked at. Months I don't get honked at at all. But yesterday, I got honked at twice. So, what is happening is is that it's this really weird phenomena. Okay, so I remember I was working with this this person. I was working as an early interventionist a couple of years ago for some months. And there was this family that I was working with and she had three different things that were that she was working on with her child. He was about two and a half. She had three different things she was working on. And, and I'm just sitting here thinking about this time. I don't even know how this happened. But that child was prone to jumping off of things. He, he, he was one of, in some ways, the most unsafe child I'd ever worked with. He, <laughs> he was a, a little daredevil. And this one day, I was sitting on the floor, so he's on the sofa. And, and, and a lot of times, he was like, you know, on the, on the back of the sofa. So he's standing on the back of the sofa, or he would be crawling on the back of the sofa. Anyway, he's on the back of the sofa. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, with no warning, he pulls a Superman. And he leaps off forward, headed directly for their coffee table. And yours truly somehow, even at my age and everything, caught him before he planted his face into the coffee table. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, except for, you know, the grace of God is always with us. So I I caught this kid saving his face. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I had come one day and and so every single time I came to visit, we would talk about these three things. And I would liken it to like, like they were on their burners. These were three things that were like she was cooking them. Okay. And so you know how that is. Like you're cooking more than one thing and you know, you're, you're, you're kind of watching, but you put that one on the back burner. Okay. And then you have some on the front burner. So, so she, she had, so every time I would come, she would have something different. Or she would have the same things on the front burner and that thing on the back burner. But anyway, it was really weird. This one week, all everything had changed and things had improved in the certain areas because of her lack of focus on it. Okay, this is this was the common denominator that I found had the biggest change in this child's life or in her life with her child was that when she wasn't focused on it as much, it got better. <laughs> and this is like a really, really weird phenomenon, but it's true. <clears throat> so I have not been focused on my job probably since my mother passed away. I, I've been focused on other things and and I have not been focused on my job. And then this week, my focus has definitely come back to my job. 
and I, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I know I'm not happy. I haven't been happy the whole time. And the weird part is, is that if you were to sit down and make a list of pros and a list of cons, the list of pros far outweighs the cons. Like truly, I mean, really, there's not very many cons. But the cons for me are so con <laughs> that I'm, I'm really kind of miserable. The paperwork is, is over the top. Like it's a huge amount of paperwork and, and it's changed. And there were two things that happened this week that kind of pushed me over the edge. Um, but both of them kind of have the same, do with the same thing. And that is, so before I had to put my case notes and my, their weekly progress, both in a computer program. Okay. So I had to put them in a database. All of this information went in the same spot, but since July, uh, now I have to do like a, like a weekly report on, in a file and, and then a weekly report, their case note in the database. So now I have to put information every single week on this client in two different places. And I hate it. I I can't, I like all of the details I have to write every single time. I have to write every single time this, every single time that. And I, I just, I hate it. There's no other way for me to describe it. I, I am, I'm horribly unhappy. Uh, and, and, and there's things, there's things about it. There's details about it that I don't really want to share in the general public whatsoever about aspects to it that I don't like because it it has to do with just like a management style it has to do with the management style that is that that doesn't really jive with me <clears throat> and you know it's sort of like this i can speak for myself in that that i'm just supposed to be happy about it it's like, you know, we're going to have you swallow this pill. And it's not a bitter pill. And you're going to be happy about it. <laughs> and it, and, and I, and I, so I, and I realized yesterday, I, I had used this term, like, it's, it's kind of a term, like, like, this, that your sense of reality is not true. Like, because I had shared, you know, that this is taking me more time. It is taking me more time, substantially more time to fill out both of these. So I think that today I will be working on my notes for next week 
and I'm going to take I'm going to time myself how much it takes for me to do one client because I'm thinking that it's at least it's between a half an hour to an hour that it's taking me to get this work done it's taking hours where before it was you know upwards of a half an hour now it's taking me an hour it's taking me double the time I would I, my guesstimation is to do it the way they want it done and I'm I, I <laughs> so it's not it's not this it's not that it's not the actual work it's not really the driving it's not you know I mean all these other aspects about it I don't I really don't mind but this paperwork I hate it like I know I know hate is a really strong word but I I just choose to say the way I feel about it so I'm sitting here and I'm like okay so what what exactly is is happening right now because my work situation had gone gotten substantially better even though I was fixated on a few things and obsessed with a few things and had a few things on my mind about my work, like because I was focused on my mother, I was focused on something else. I, I really, I mean, I was focused on my work because I was getting it done and actually getting it done in a timely fashion, which has been my, my goal. But then, you know, I had heard that these are all due on Tuesday. So my notes in my computer, my notes in the file are due on Tuesday. They're due on Tuesday. I was just like, oh, I mean, I kind of knew that. But I kind of thought that there may be a little bit more leniency since, um, I have other things that I have to get done as well that have timelines like assessments and and service plans and and I thought that maybe the fact that I have to put it in two different places I would have extra time during the week to do that. But I was told that I don't have extra time to do that that they're due on Tuesday. And I'm I'm just not really sure exactly how I'm gonna gonna I mean I'm just gonna do my best which I always do <clears throat> so but what do I do with this okay so given the fact that I'm working with this the creation of my reality and my understanding that the more I focus on what I don't want I get more of that. Okay, so I don't really want to focus on the fact that I am miserable in aspects of my job. I'm miserable. Like, I hate it. <laughs> um, um, so, um, and so I'm, I'm, it's like, so what do I do? And so then it goes to this thing that this phenomenon that I'm always talking about. You know, I'm not going to think about that thing. I'm just not. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about the fact that I'm miserable about my job. I'm just, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not, I'm not going to think about 
the fact that I hate this aspect of my job, I'm just not going to think about it. Just, I'm not going to think about it. I will not think about it. I'm not going to think about it. And so I, I have this understanding that I'm back here. The nice part is, is that I'm really aware of it. I'm aware that I am back here and I'm doing this thing and my brain is doing this thing. I am observing what my brain is doing. I am in the observance mode of what my brain is doing. And so I'm, I'm, it's all okay. It's like, strangely, it's just all okay. It's okay. So now what do I do? <laughs> um, so, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, except to just keep doing my practices and, and focusing on the fact that something is coming that will delight me. Something is coming that will delight me. I just know it. Something is going to come and it's going to delight me. It always does. Something's coming to delight me. And I'm not really sure what it is. I, I, I um I have not been writing uh which has been hugely upsetting to me. I plan to get a book done before the end of the year and that's I just don't see that happening. I like I like to write something every year. I like to have something completed. Uh and I I've been I just haven't taken the time to like sit down and write I've been focused on other things and um and and so yesterday the last couple of weeks I've been meeting up with someone because those of you who have been following me for an extended period of time which I think some of you have uh I have been meeting up with this person from the candle making factory. <clears throat> and, and I really liked that job. Like, it never bothered me. Like, it was really strange, like labeling candles, like you would think what? But labeling candles made me very happy. I liked it. And, and, <clears throat> And I, I, it was really strange. I did more than labeling. I was pouring candles. I was, um, I was doing all aspects, you know, not the shipping, but I was doing a lot of different aspects of the candle making. And I just really enjoyed it, which um, sounds just, <laughs> kind of crazy maybe uh but so I'm trying to figure out how I could and the other thing about the candle making factory 
was that when I left, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't. And I, and I, oftentimes I had my earphones on and I was listening to podcasts and things as I was working. And, and so I'm trying to figure out exactly how I could, could go back to doing my candle making job, you know, and cover my bills. And, um, but then I ask her, you know, if I were to, because I like to go to things that because like sort of like my real, um, you know, cause then I went off on, you know, I mean that these are sort of like my side gigs. Like, yes, I'm, I'm, it has been or had been what was sustaining me financially, but it was my side gig. It wasn't my gig. And so, and so I'm, um, and so I, my real gig is my, my blonde character girl, whatever that is. <laughs> I was talking to my son last night because I, I told you all I have this podcast interview coming up and I'm guessing that it is a video, although she's never said specifically that it's a video, but it's a zoom call. So and every time I do a Zoom call, is generally speaking, it is always a video. So, i i was I was concerned about the quality of the camera on my on my my laptop. So I have a MacBook, and i I love my MacBook. Don't get me wrong; I absolutely love it. It is like a wonderful size. I can throw it in my purse. I don't throw it ever, but I'm being silly. But the camera on it is not good. So <clears throat> I was talking to my son about it and I said, you know, what do I do? Because all of my material I do on my phone. All of it. I, I, I've never done anything much on my, on my laptop hardly anything. I've done a few lives because they won't let me do a live on my, on my phone. And so I guess I don't have enough subscribers. I don't know. I don't know why they won't let me do a live on my phone, but I've done some live on my laptop, but they're very grainy. They're not, the video quality is kind of terrible. And so I, and so I'm, um, I was sitting here thinking how I could get the video for my phone as well. <laughs> I have all these thoughts going on in my head. But anyway, so yesterday I bought a, a camera. I bought a camera for my, for my, um, my laptop. And so I, set up a zoom and I was talking to my son on the zoom and looking at him and he's looking at me and yeah and he he's off at college and and 
there was something about that phone call that I wanted to tell you, and now I can't remember. I can't remember what the point was of me talking about this. Oh, this is the point. So I feel like between now and Wednesday, I really need to get my thoughts about about what it's like. So if somebody were to ask, like, what is my point? Like, what is the point of everything that I do? I mean, aside from the fact that I enjoy doing it and I love ideas and I'm a philosopher and, you know, I like to write because I like words and putting them together. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, like what, what is the point of what I do besides just doing? And I can't, I can't really like define it, but uh, I, I, when I had a website, I had my books and I, I had this dream of doing these Zooms collect like more than one person like groups of people doing zooms like on a weekly basis and having people pay to be in the zoom and kind of like like-minded people getting together to to as like a group a group not therapy but I don't know maybe I'm not sure and then individual and I don't even know like what to call it. Like, you know, it's like there are so many people out there that want to sell us something. They really want to sell us something. And, you know, whether it be tarot card readings or, you know, there's like a number of different things that they are they have something to sell and the implication in this case is that somebody is missing something that you can fill that you have the answer to you have the answer to this and so there's this implication that somehow they're missing something and you are the one that's going to fill in that gap. I I am more of the type that if a person, the person can tell me what they want to change, this is what I want to change, and then I, I feel that I have the skill to coach them in the direction of where they want to be. Okay, so this is what you need to do to get where you want to be. And, and to be able to, to be like a mentor, a person who is, that they can depend on to see them through this process until they are able to sustain it, sustain it themselves. Because the beginning of change like, I don't know, even now as I'm defining this, I'm, I'm, things are coming to my mind, which is really interesting. Like I'm getting this impression that I, I, 
when I went through this, I call it a spiritually transformative experience because I heard about that. I, I, I was signing up for a trying to, I put in a RFP and to do a presentation at a conference. And that was one of the things that they were talking about at this conference. And so that's where I got that title. I would not have gotten that on my own. But anyway, so spiritually transformative experience. That's what I had. And in the beginning, it was incredibly challenging. And I had no one to talk to. No one. I mean, it was very, like in some sense, it was very exciting because, and, and I knew that it was true. It was, it, it was so out of the norm. And, and, and I knew what it looked like from the outside, but from the inside, I knew that it was true because I also had mounds of evidence that what I was saying was true. And so, And so that was kind of nice, but nobody wanted to sit down and go through the evidence with me. They just presumed that I had completely lost my mind. And it's gotten a tiny bit better, partly because I don't talk to them about stuff. I don't talk to them about anything. They don't, they don't, not even that they have taken the time to even, um, but it, my topic, my subject, my life is so out of the norm for them that they, they cannot accept it as any sense of truth. It, it's like, it's just too bizarre for them. The way that things are in my life. And so, and so, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe guiding people being somebody that because I shared my story in in my first book that I really want to rework and um and find a literary agent and maybe and them reading this book they will know that they are safe to talk to me about their life <clears throat> things that they are not safe to talk to about the to the general public so maybe being somebody that would be a guide through this process because honestly for me it was it was really hard and i know that it doesn't have to be hard but it was really hard it was so hard like there were aspects to it that were just just i don't know like also, my body just hurt. My body hurt. Like, I, like my bones, my, my, every part of my body hurt in the beginning. Um, and I, I vacillated horribly, like in these extreme periods of high and extreme lows. Um, and that has gotten a lot better and and i and i don't know i guess i just got used to it um and found myself just being more skilled at it and 
and and also knowing that I can't share this stuff with people. They're not going to understand <clears throat> what it is that I'm that I'm unless they are open to understanding, which is an in- interesting phenomena for me because I feel like I would have been really interested. If one of my friends had gone through what I went through, I would have been so interested. <laughs> I would have been so interested in what had happened that I, I, I would have, um, I don't think I would have seen this person as psychotic. Um, I don't know all these labels we put on people, right? We put on so many labels. But anyway, I guess I just feel like now I'm solidifying. As I'm talking to you, I'm solidifying my thoughts about um, what I would like to be. You know, it's like I have have this one friend who doesn't follow my material. (laughs) I actually gave her my second book and I don't, she doesn't know what she did with it. I'm like really, really, I'm, I mean, I have this visualization of her just kind of tossing in at the back, the trunk of her car or something, um, you know, which is, which is, you know, and, but then there are times where she's like, you know, if I had taken this journey with you, I would be so much further along, but instead is because, you know, it, it takes diligence it takes diligence to change it takes diligence and steadfastness fastness and to change I mean like some of these you know like people who there are people who like go from like you know, 400 pounds to 200, like to 150 pounds. Like, how does a person do that? It's steadfastness. And it's, and it's like a level of self-love. It's like learning new habits. It's being uncomfortable. And it's, it's just not always easy like Abraham Hicks likes to say it's easy. You know, I did a YouTube on this once, you know, Abraham Hicks, oh, it's easy. I move through life with ease. Take the the path of least resistance. You know, just life is just, you know, a, a buffet. Just choose whatever it is that you want. You know, it all comes to me with ease. And then you have somebody like David Goggins who like life is just misery you know, well, it has to be somewhere in between. Like, I, I don't believe in suffering. I really don't. I believe, I don't believe in suffering. But I will say that, that the times that I have done things in my life that were, had the most impact on the quality of my life were not easy. It was a daily moment-to-moment practice and making choices 
that were not always the easy choice in the moment. And and so having somebody who would have been with me through that time, I mean, I know there were lots of beings that were with me that I could not see. <laughs> beings that I could not see that were with me all the time. But, but the beings that I could see uh, were not... Um, they, it was a really challenging time. Like I had literally no one. I mean, even my children were very concerned. (laughs) So what do I call myself? Like, I really consider myself a minister. I do. I consider myself a minister of some sort. I don't, I don't ascribe to like necessarily any church. Um, I'm not Buddhist. I'm not Hindu. I can't really call myself a Christian because I don't believe in the tenets of the Christian church. I'm not Jewish. I'm like, I don't know what ministry or what. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I consider myself like a minister. I'm like ordained by God. So I go around ministering to people all the time. <laughs> but anyway, what what is this podcast even about? Like, my God. <laughs> I just started talking about, about the fact that I've been focusing on my job and that I'm not liking it. Now I want something else. I'm like, oh... I don't know, maybe this podcast will make a, this interview will make a difference. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Um, But anyway, on that note, (laughs) I appreciate y'all listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.